I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The deadline came and went, and Jonathan Taylor is still a member of the Indianapolis Colts. But is there any chance of the relationship being repaired, or even Taylor playing for the Colts again? And what's to make of all of these roster moves? Well, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, co-host, and analyst at HorseshoeHuddle.com, Drake Wally. Drake, another episode talking about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I wish it, I wish it wasn't so to be honest with you. I wish we were actually talking about, uh, maybe a resolution to all of this, but like sands through the hourglass. So is the Jonathan Taylor saga. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. And there's been, there, you know, there's been some, some, some good things to also talk about that have happened as well, which we'll cover. But, um, look, man, for the people out there that aren't, wanting to hear any more of this well there's a really solid chance that that's it's going to dominate the headlines for a little bit longer but hey at least the regular season is like 11 days away so there's that to look forward to but i'm still excited to talk about it because it's colts football it's nfl football so i'm ready to dive into this Right. And and guess what, Drake? Literally a week from tonight, we have regular season football. Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs. And a week from tonight, you and I will be previewing Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts 
can't wait shout out to my wife getting in the super sticker early as she says i'm sick of hearing about taylor uh, i think everybody is at this point but we've got to dive into the latest we're going to talk about chris ballard's comments everything that uh to get everybody up to speed on where things are with jonathan taylor so appreciate uh, uh my beautiful wife danielle with the super sticker shout out to quentin quentin is finally back tonight uh it's good to see you here about uh making the show live Sarah is here. Good to see you. She says, I'm over this JT saga. Go We're going to see a lot of those comments, I think. We we definitely <laughs> are. Stats Matt says, we've got a 53-man roster. And yes, this episode just isn't going to be about Jonathan Taylor. We are going to talk about the, the, the roster cuts that were made this week, the waiver claims, the practice squad. Uh, we'll talk all about it. Nathan Comancy is here saying the media is blowing it out of proportion. John Fanchar is here what's up to you my guy daniel miller as well uh we're gonna have a fantastic show tonight and and before we get started i i did want to give you guys uh a lot of praise a lot of thanks uh just for following along with us here at horseshoe huddle not only with the podcast but at horseshoehuddle.com horseshoe huddle has had there this month is the second best month in the history of horseshoe huddle because you guys Ooh. are reading all the thing all the content we've been putting out following along with all the shows all the podcasts everything that this roller coaster of a, of a preseason and training camp has brought for the Indianapolis Colts so really really wanted to shout out to all of you guys and and just say Drake and I, Jake, Zach, Shad, the entire Horseshoe Huddle team are very, very thankful uh, for all of your support. It really means so much to us. And, and if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, there is still time. Go ahead and like us uh, on Facebook at Horseshoe Huddle. Uh, go follow at Colts on FN on Twitter and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Click that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you give us a five-star rating and subscribe on there. But Drake, let's dive right in. Let's talk about it. The Colts do not trade Jonathan Taylor. Um, the deadline of, of Tuesday at 4 p.m. that the Colts had set, uh, it's it, it has gone by. And Jonathan Taylor's still on the team. The Colts end up placing him on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. So when, when all of that went down, what was your gut reaction? Um, seeing Jonathan Taylor wasn't traded, that he was still going to be a member of the Colts. You know, it both surprised and not surprised. And I know that's such a cheesy answer, but it's like you, you, I felt like the relationship was so, I think it was Nate Atkins put it perfectly, that they both want two completely different things. So like they're, they're real far apart on an agreement. So I was like, he's going to get traded. But then I thought I wouldn't be surprised at all if he doesn't get traded because of simply what the Colts are asking for and how it really comes off like, they weren't going to want to trade him at all. Um, so I was kind of on both ends. But I also thought to myself, once the results went down and he was officially staying with the Colts per the 53-man roster deadline and per the Colts deadline, not the, not the trade deadline, people, that's October 31st, to be mm -hmm. clear, um, I still thought to myself, what's next here? 
like after all of this drama and craziness, what could possibly be to come? So that's probably a bigger reaction. That that was my bigger reaction than, you know, surprised and not surprised is what is going to happen now after all this already has happened before. Yeah, and I, I was kind of in that same boat, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, we 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 literally went live and talked about this on Monday night, and we posed the question to each other if we thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be traded, and we both said yes. Uh, at first, I when when he was given the deadline uh, and and allowed to seek a trade, uh, I I was on the fence saying like you know this isn't going to happen. Um, but as as we heard more and more, as we heard that more teams were interested, and and things kind of took off from there. I, I started to buy into it. You know, maybe there is a chance that a, that a team is going to offer enough to 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 pursue to pursue Jonathan Taylor, and and the Colts are going to get an offer that they're pleased with and, and are able to part ways. But as we got closer to that deadline, it just seemed more and more likely that that Taylor was going to stay with the Colts. And and when then you take a step back, really. The, the the viewpoint shouldn't have changed from the from the very beginning. Uh, the Colts did not ever want to trade Jonathan Taylor. They did allow him to to go out there uh, uh, to seek a trade and find a partner just to see what was out there. But as reports have come out now, the Colts asking price was still very very high. It, it was obvious from the very beginning that that the Colts didn't want to trade Jonathan Taylor and and they held true to that throughout the entire throughout the entire last week when when this whole thing was going down so really it's it's again it's 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 not surprising that Jonathan Taylor is still a member of the Colts but in the heat of the moment they there was still that chance and and still the thought you know this really could go through and and Jonathan Taylor could be playing elsewhere yeah i actually want to highlight a comment here from Scott Hacker he says repping the shoe from florida thank you so much for jumping on and also that's dedication right there pal shout out to um, scott yeah shout out to you man um and and it's interesting that you are from florida because one of the teams that me and andrew were like this is a shoe in squad to get jonathan taylor was the miami dolphins you know that was probably my number one pick for a trade destination um but yeah i it just kind of seemed like as as the moments got closer, as it hit three o'clock and as it hit three 30, I started to, to think all at once. Yeah. They're, they're probably in that war room right now or in the facility just saying, we're not going to trade him. Like no matter mm -hmm. what comes through at this point. So um, I agree with you though. I was kind of on both ends, but I guess now looking back, it makes sense. Cause they really, I mean, you got to think about back to Jim Irsay's tweet, everything can change. Right. But you know, he said, we're not trading him now. We're not trading him by October 31st. So, so far, that's 100% stood true. They just allowed him to seek a trade, but they haven't gone through with it. Right. And then Chris Ballard talked to the media yesterday. Uh, he started talking for about 30 seconds saying, you know, this is a really tough time of year with roster cuts and everything. But he knew the questions were coming. And he said, all right, let me get ahead of the elephant in the room uh, with Jonathan because I know there's going to be questions. And sure enough, that's what dominated the, the press conference yesterday. And, and he talked about it. He talked about how much he cares about Jonathan Taylor still, how this is a business. And while their, their, their relationship is, it's quite frankly, it sucks right now. It's, it's not good. This, the situation with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts point Blake, Jonathan, uh, Chris Ballard said it sucks and it really does. And 
but it's at the same time, he said he would never let football get in the way of how much he cares about the person. And and Chris Ballard, I mean, when you when you look at him yesterday, he looked like a man that that was hurt because he does care about Jonathan Taylor. The the, the not not even so the football player, but just the the person that Jonathan Taylor is. And this is all brand new for for Chris Ballard as well, Drake. I mean, since he became the the general manager of the Colts back in 2017, yeah, there've been some disagreements with with players and and contract situations and money but it's never been like this it's never played out this publicly it's never gotten this messy before and and this is a this is new territory for the gm and for the running back so but it it, chris ballard is still holding out hope and and that was obvious as, as well i mean he said the the ultimate goal is that jonathan taylor is a part of this team long term so he still wants to be able to get a deal done. And that's the position the Colts have held throughout this entire thing. And the Colts have never wavered on this. They still would love for Jonathan Taylor to be a part of this team long-term. They just want to make sure he's healthy, make sure he works in this Shane Steichen offense, make sure he works with Anthony Richardson. And, and if all goes well, they will pay him uh, a handsome contract extension and he will be uh, have the chance to be in Indianapolis for a long time. But when you have Jonathan Taylor, who is is still dealing with that ankle injury that's going on eight months now, he wants to be paid now because he feels like he has done enough and shown enough to the organization to the organization to prove his worth and throw in the fact that 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 trust between Jonathan Taylor and the organization isn't isn't the same as it was because of how he felt he was treated last year and pushed to play even though the ankle wasn't 100%. You can see why both sides feel the way they do and both points are valid. And and it just really is is a terrible situation that that they find themselves in right now and and really in a nutshell it's it's, it's kind of as simple as that. Yeah, and you know we've we've mentioned at times, kind of loosely, never like fully jumping on the argument, uh, you know, of. But look, running back is not what it used to be in the NFL. You can get mm-hmm. by with a committee backfield, but here's the thing: there's still the unicorns in the NFL at running back. There's still a few, and Nick Chubb is one. Alvin Kamara is one. Derrick Henry is one. Look, say what you want, Jonathan Taylor still is one. Okay, like he would absolutely change the offense to a degree. And you're looking at a guy who did it with Carson Wentz. He could absolutely probably do it with Anthony Richardson. If Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. could move like Anthony Richardson can, and they had a play calling style like Shane Steichen with Frank Reich, man, they probably make the playoffs. Okay. Like it's, there's plenty of arguments on both sides. And again, that's kind of why it sucks because outside of Michael Pittman, he is still the most, consistent weapon until he's not wearing a Colts uniform and officially isn't on the roster anymore. He is one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent weapon that the Colts have. Exactly. And I mean, as, as, as I've already mentioned, the Colts never wanted to trade Taylor. And so that's one big reason of why he wasn't traded on, on Tuesday and why he is still a, a part of the team. But another part of this Drake is simply the offers the offers weren't there for for Jonathan Taylor. They weren't to the level that the Colts were were wanting to be to even consider 
parting ways with Jonathan Taylor. And and I know a lot of the people in the national media are saying, well, they don't value Jonathan Taylor enough to pay him, but then they, they want this high compensation for him. Those people are missing the point. The Colts do value Jonathan Taylor. They don't want to trade him. And because they value him so much, they they wanted uh, 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 much in return to to part ways with him. And they, they, they just simply never received that. Yeah, and I don't think it was ever – if there was any – like thinking we'll trade him. It was very far in the back of both, you know, real, I, I I'll just go ahead and say it, it was in the back of Chris Ballard's mind, not Jim Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Ballard's the one driving this bus. Okay. Like he, he um, 100% is. Yeah. People want to throw it on Ursay. No, it's, it's Ballard. Okay. Ursay allowed Ballard to pick the coach. He allowed Ballard to get the quarterback. He's also allowing Ballard to try to get this thing done with Taylor. So, um, I also saw a comment that uh, the Dolphins never made an offer. They absolutely made an offer, and the Colts turned it down. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, there there were there were offers made, but it, it was never really in their mind. They didn't exceed a third rounder. The Colts were saying that we want a first rounder or a package that you know is the same as one. And I think that um, one of the comments in our last episode asked, "What does it mean for a package to be equivalent to a first rounder?" It's kind of vague, but it really just means you know either you add players or draft picks that the Colts will say to themselves, "Okay, this is worthy of a first round pick altogether." Type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also still on the physically unable to perform list. Okay, like he still is not healthy. The ankle is still bothering him, and um, those are just a couple of reasons. There's others, but we don't have time in the episode to talk about them because otherwise we could probably make a whole episode out of why they didn't trade him. Uh, Cause it was a, almost a month long deal, you know, asking for this trade. So um, I'm not, at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm more, le- I'm, I'm more not surprised than I am surprised that they didn't trade him after just kind of hearing the, the types of offers they got and hearing Ballard talk about it a little more. It makes sense. It makes sense why they didn't do it. Exactly. And and you just mentioned Jonathan Taylor is still on the physically unable to perform list, which means he will miss at least the first four games of the season here, regardless if he is traded or not. He can, still can be traded while on the pup list. However, he still has to miss those four games. So with with that, with that in mind, Drake, yes, he will miss at least the first four games. But if if things still aren't resolved or or the Colts or, or Jonathan Taylor is still isn't healed up. It could be longer than that. So I'm going to pose the question to you. Do you think Jonathan Taylor suits up in a Colts uniform this year? Oh man. Um, I would go on the side of, I would go on the side of yes, actually. I would go on the side that I think that at some point he is going to be able to rehab that ankle because there's an extra four weeks that he's going to be able to do it. He also still has the rest of, uh, well, at least another 10, 11 days until the Colts, do play so he's got mm-hmm. he's got time to make this happen okay and he's been rehabbing it this whole time it's not like he's been out there per, you know trying to get hurt so uh i think that there is a chance that he can do it i also think that there's so many quote-unquote risks at this point um with trading for jonathan taylor because like you said on top of everything he's got to set out those first four games if you get him you know and if you're a team that's right on the cusp of making a playoff run you don't want to wait four games you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so uh, i I think that there is the chance, but again, it's just so it's so difficult to figure out because you got to go back and look at the smorgasbord of samples that you've had coming up to this point and all of like the back and forth and the negativity that's been going on with his agent, him and the Colts. Uh, but man, I, I'm going to go with the with the high road and the positive side of things. 
I'm going to say that, you know, I still think it's going to be maybe a couple weeks after week five, but maybe week eight, week nine, you'll see him behind Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I, at this point, really, I feel like Jonathan Taylor has to play for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and 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 Patrick, Patrick, good to see you, buddy. He has he has it right here. I think he almost has to or else he's a restricted free agent. Good point. And, and uh, that's right, because if if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play this year and he continues to hold in or say that he's still hurt and and he never comes off that that pup that pup list or is activated you you have to remember this that then Jonathan Taylor loses an accrued season and his contract would basically roll over into the next season so he would still be on the final year of his rookie deal next season and he would lose the ability to be uh, an unrestricted free agent he would be restricted free agent and then any contract uh, any contract that he is offered the Colts would have the the first right to match that contract as well so and and Patrick explains it just a little bit more he has to play more than six games or at least be active for more than six games that thank you for for reading my mind there, Patrick. He's not just the CFO, he's the CIO. The I know. Intelligence officer. Exactly. Good to see, good to <laughs> see you, buddy. But it's it, at this point, it, it feels like if he doesn't, if he does get healthy, he has to play. If not, then things are just going to continue to snowball and get worse for Jonathan Taylor. And and so at this point, it I, I would say it's it's likely that we do see him in a Colts uniform when that's going to be the big question so obviously drake let's let's give the options for what taylor does have i mean he he could either he does he can either get healthy come back and play come off the pup we we just talked about that but what are the other options that that taylor has this season or or what are some of the ways that that it could really play out well i mean outside of you know getting healthy you could say that he could continue to, to look for a trade because it's absolutely possible. I mean, that deadline is still two months on the dot, actually still two months away. He could still look for a trade. Um, I think that he could, he's probably going to continue the contract negotiations. His agent is not going to stop. He hasn't stopped up to this point. He sure as hell isn't going to stop now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that those two are the big things. I, I also think there's a chance that maybe he packs it in and just says, if the offers didn't come now, are they going to come later? You know, because I really think the only way he gets a a really good deal, or the excuse me, the Colts get a, a just an awesome offer, is if a team, you know, knock on wood, has a a running back go down that's a prominent piece, and they really feel like, okay, we were doing just fine. We got to get a guy now, and mm-hmm. they feel like maybe Jonathan Taylor could supplant that guy long term. They got hurt, which that's a weird situation. But I just don't see, I just don't see him finding a suitor at this point. If he didn't find one now. I just don't see him finding one after, you know what I mean? So um, I I think that that's a possibility where he just kind of like packs it in and says, look, I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to play out this final year and we'll see what my worth is at the end of the season. Maybe he makes a huge impact, a bigger one than even he thought he could make for the team, given how, how negative this whole situation is between both parties. Right. Exactly. 
wanted to clarify something here. Our buddy Noah Compton is in the chat. He asked, doesn't the four weeks on PUP also count as four weeks slash games when factoring what constitutes an accrued season? It does not. So stats, Matt, coming in clutch here. He does have to be active, Noah, for it to uh, count or, or factor into being an accrued season. So he he does have to be active because on, on the reserve physically unable to perform list, he isn't active and he currently doesn't even count against the Colts 53-man roster. So that's why he has to be off the pup list and active uh, for at least those six games to get an accrued season before we move on here drake last question about jonathan taylor and then we'll dive right into the roster cuts here for the colts but it's a big one in your opinion do you think the colts and jonathan taylor can repair their relationship and and if so or how what what do you think the chances that that ultimately ends up happening i mean i absolutely I absolutely think there's a chance that they could repair it because look, man, the pickings are starting to get, and Jonathan Taylor, I think he's a very, first off, he's incredibly intelligent. Okay. The guy is incredible. And I mean, very high level, intelligent, smart. So he's not stupid. He's not over here, you know, questioning his value. He knows that look, those, those offers didn't even exceed a second rounder. Okay. That shows the other teams telling Taylor your health, the attitude right now, the relationship, you're coming off of an ankle injury. All of that makes us not really want to pony up much for you. And it's 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 sinking in, I think, for Taylor. So I think that that can play a factor in repairing the relationship. I think as far as the chances, I originally put 30%. I think it's more like 50 because I think that Taylor is going to realize, kind of going back to what I just said, that the Colts are the best destination for him. And also, he might need to legitimately show the rest of the league hey i went from having frank reich as a coach right to changing the scheme making it work in that scheme with a rookie quarterback and now my market value is better he's maybe he sees this as an opportunity to get healthier and show that he's worth that market value that he's him and malki kawa have been preaching to these other teams mostly malki kawa uh, but um, yeah, I think there's a chance. I think that there's a 50% chance that it gets repaired and, you know, maybe he can go out there and like I said, he can get healthy and actually show his worth in the NFL with a new team and a dynamic quarterback. want to highlight a question real quick, and then we got to get to the CFO's comment on here as well. Wyatt Law asks, can't Jonathan Taylor begin practicing after the second week on pub and stats, Matt, again, doing the Lord's work that is on injured reserve he cannot practice while on the physically unable to perform list either so that that clarifies that but patrick uh, wire here with the five dollar super chat really really appreciate it buddy and and patrick is giving a shout out to our fellow colleague rashad mcginnis who does a fantastic job for us here at horseshoe huddle um and and an even better person just love love shot and, and so glad he's a part of our team patrick says couldn't recommend more for everyone right after this to go watch Shad's show from last night about this entire situation. And, and yes, uh, Shad did a really good job last night explaining uh, everything about this situation. I, I can kind of give you a summary from, from uh, about a, a, a thousand feet up, but definitely go watch uh, uh, the Saddle Up show that Shad had last night. So all of this with Jonathan Taylor, it doesn't it's not it didn't just start this summer when the Colts wouldn't offer him a contract a contract negotiation this goes all the way back in 
this goes all the way back to November. And I, I talked about this and really tried to detail this in my piece uh, that dropped this morning on HorseshoeHuddle.com talking about the relationship between Chris Ballard and the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. So back when this ankle injury first happened last year, it was right around the time of November, right when Jeff Saturday was announced as the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor feels that Jeff Saturday and the Colts pushed him to play on an injured ankle before it was ready. Before he, he was still having those, he was having those ankle issues last year. Jeff Saturday said, you know, try to push through it, try to play. Uh, we need, we need to get a win here. So Taylor goes out against the, against the Raiders has a pretty decent game. And, and, but the thing is that, that was the start of making that ankle much, much worse. And Jonathan Taylor was never the same after that game. And because of that, Jonathan Taylor lost a lot of trust with the Colts organization because he felt like, like, like Jeff Saturday and, and, and the Colts coaching staff at the time pushed him to play when he wasn't ready. And, and so when you come combine that and he has the surgery in January that this, this very I wouldn't say routine surgery, but it wasn't, it wasn't invasive by any means. The surgery that Jonathan Taylor had typically has a four to six week recovery. Linebacker EJ speed had this same exact surgery in, in the off season as well. And EJ speed is fine. He's been 100% with his ankle for a long time. Now, Jonathan Taylor had that surgery in January. Now we are in August, it's September 1st is tomorrow, and that ankle still isn't healed. There, Jonathan Taylor is still reporting pain in that ankle. Now, do I know 100% certain what is still wrong with that ankle? No, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not on the Colts medical staff, so I don't know the details of that. But Chris Ballard even said it yesterday, and this is what we've been hearing behind the scenes, that Jonathan Taylor is continuing to report pain in that ankle eight months later. So, and, and before that, Jonathan Taylor had never had a major injury in his entire career. Going back through high school, through college, he had never had a major injury. And yet now that, and then he, he suffers this when he feels like Jeff Saturday and, and the Colts pushed him to do that, that that's really where everything started. And then for him to go out there, he feels like he did that, put himself in harm's way. And now the Colts are, are wanting to do a more wait and see approach on his ankle. That's a lot of where this animosity comes from. Yes, I know a lot of people want to blame Malky Kawa for all this. Yes, I would say his agent definitely hasn't uh, uh, made things easier. He has certainly gone about some things the wrong way, but this is way past his agent. This goes way deeper than that. And that he feels like the Colts aren't being upfront and honest with him about this. Now, Chris Ballard said yesterday, obviously he said we would never be pushing a player to, to go out there and play while they're still hurt. And we probably will never know exactly if that actually happened where Jeff Saturday pushed Taylor to go play before he was ready. But at the same time, that doesn't really matter at this point. Taylor feels like that's what happened. And the Colts are saying they want to see him healthy before they pay him. And, and that's why that's why Taylor just feels like it's, he doesn't, he doesn't have trust in the organization anymore. So you can see why he might feel that way. You can also see why the Colts feel like they want to see him, but go out there and be healthy 
before they give him a long-term deal, a lot of guaranteed money and, and pay a running back top dollar before he's even able to go back out on the field. So do I think the the relationship after that long speech, I apologize, but no, it's all good. That's perfect. Do I think that this relationship can be repaired? I'm not going to say never say never, but we're a long ways from that. They, it's going to take a long time for that relationship to be repaired. Now from the Colts side, it's easy. If they see Jonathan Taylor go out there and play and, and he's back to his old self, they'd be more than willing to give him a big time extension. But does Jonathan Taylor want to be with this team anymore? And does he trust that that's not going to happen again in his eyes where they're going to push him and he's not ready and he's going to lose millions of dollars because of it or get seriously hurt and and hurt badly because of that? We'll have to see. But I, I, I do think that Jonathan Taylor will play in a Colts uniform again. I think he has to. There's really no other choice. But do I think the relationship can be fixed? At this point, I honestly do not know. I'm I'm leaning towards probably not, but I'm never going to say never. We'll we'll just have to see. And I hate that I'm copping out, but it's it, there's just so much that will have to take place first before this relationship can be can be repaired. And and it's just a really sad situation all the way around. Yeah. And, you know, not only are you not a doctor, you're also not a fortune teller. You know, I mean, this right. is th- there, there's been so much that's been that's just unfolded over the last 10 months since this whole thing started. And you also got to factor in that Jonathan Taylor was a part of an absolutely dramatic situation last year with a head coach and with an owner and with, you know, Matt Ryan and with just the team in general. Then he has his health kind of put in question. And now, you know, his agent, as you said, hasn't represented him in a professional manner. So now the Colts have an argument and he doesn't have any leverage on his value, regardless of how it went down. He doesn't have leverage in this trade talk. You know, because the league is looking at him as a lesser player now because his his position has been diminished in value. So, like you said, it's not a cop out. It's just the truth that we'll have to wait and see. There's so many things going on. You literally just have to sit here and let the let the things unfold. CFO Patrick is on a roll. He gives us another five dollar <laughs> super chat tonight. Patrick, thank you so much, buddy. He says, I'd be interested to see how Steichen factors into this when JT sees how different his style professionally and personally is compared to Saturday. And I know Shane Steichen has had multiple conversations with Jonathan Taylor. I also know that, and I think you guys could probably guess this, Shane Steichen isn't very happy about what's going on. He's very annoyed with this whole situation because Shane Steichen is a guy that's all about football and he doesn't want any of the other stuff behind the scenes to, to go in and happen. So, and, and, and really take a distraction away from, from what's happening out there on the field. So that's that I think could be big is if he he develops trust with Shane Steichen that 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 wouldn't happen under his watch. Uh if if Chris Ballard can can kind of show him that he still does care and then ultimately the the relationship with Jim Mercy has to get better as well. So there's just so many layers to all of this. It's all very complex and and not something that is going to be resolved anytime soon. Really, really appreciate it, Patrick, as always. I'm going to shout out to Logan Schmidt, the other GOAT in our chat. Logan says, uh, Jalen Waddle in a first or no trade <laughs> for J- uh, Jonathan Taylor to the Miami Dolphins. Hey, 
I'm, I'm on the bandwagon there, Logan. Really great to see you, buddy. Thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. So, guys, Jonathan Taylor situation, it's uh, it's going to be around. I know people are getting, getting sick of talking about it, but the thing is the Jonathan Taylor situation is going to be around for, for at least a couple months now. But, hey, guys, I've got a really easy way for you to take your mind off the entire Jonathan Taylor situation. So if you're listening to our show, obviously you're probably a fan of the Colts. Maybe you're a fan of the Jaguars. I saw that Jaguars fan in the chat earlier. Well, guess what? How would you like to attend week one in Lucas Oil Stadium or anywhere else? The week one football NFL kickoff. Well, you're in luck. Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. Incredible deal where you could probably sit 50 yard line uh, at any NFL stadium and, and watch your favorite team. Or if it's the Colts, you can watch the Colts from the 50 yard line of Lucas Oil Stadium up to $5,000 for four tickets. And the rules Drake, they're just so easy. All you have to do is go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. Again, that's contest.fansfirstsports.com. And fill out the appropriate information, and that's it. That's it. Once you've done that, you have officially registered to win four free tickets to any Week 1 NFL game. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action at contest.fansfirstsports.com. Contest ends Monday, September 4th. So make sure you go enter for your chance to win those four free tickets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
All right, Drake, we have talked enough about Jonathan Taylor. We're 35 minutes in and we haven't even started talking about roster cuts or additions yet, but Hey, that's, that's, that's the world we live in, in Colts football. So I'm done talking about Jonathan Taylor. Let's dive right (laughs) into these roster cuts, Drake. Uh, Let's start with the players that were waived because there was a lot of movement has been a lot of movement. If you've been following along horseshoehuddle.com, You've seen all of the different movement that have had us that has come from this Colts team. Uh want to give a quick shout out to Truett for the $2 <laughs> super chat. Next year, get a running back and have him grow with Anthony Richardson together. Mm. Hey, I think uh I think that might be in the cards if Jonathan Taylor isn't back next year, especially with a very good running back draft class coming up. That's always in the back of the mind of Chris Ballard and the Colts. Truett, we really appreciate your support and for always tuning in every time we go live. It does not go unnoticed. Drake, I'm going to run through these real quick. And and then once I'm done, I want you to give me a couple uh, guys that may have surprised you a little bit that were waived. So we're going to go running back. Uh, There was a couple running backs waived, Jake Funk and Jason Huntley. Wide receivers, DJ Montgomery, Amari Rogers, Mike Strawn, fan favorite. All of those guys were waived. Uh, offensive lineman, Carter O'Donnell, Arlington Hambright, Dakota Shepley. Then moving on to the defensive side of the ball, we had Khalid Kareem, defensive end, defensive tackle, McTelvin Aguim, defensive tackle, Caleb Sampson, Liam Anderson, and Donovan Mutton, a couple linebackers that were left go. And here's one that really captured uh, Colts fans in and hurt a lot of people. Cornerback Darius Rush, fifth-round pick out of South Carolina, was also let go along with Isaac Taylor-Stewart and Kevin Tolliver, and then a couple of safeties, Henry Black and Marcel Dabo. So, Drake, I already know what one of your uh, surprises is going to be, but what were a couple others that surprised you that the Colts let go? So, uh, honestly, I... I still thought Marcel Dabo might have some potential to at least maybe get on the practice squad. So that one kind of, kind of, it was probably the least amount of shock, but Khalid Kareem, man. I mean, he was, uh, he was actually having a very solid preseason. He was having a solid off season, good training camp. You want depth at defensive end. They went and they got another guy today. I, can't, I actually wrote a piece on it. Can't even remember the guy's name now. But uh, that one kind of got me. But, look, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Darius Rush really hurt because, number one, you thought he fell to the Colts. Number two, you figured he had that high potential. And, yeah, he let up some plays in the preseason, but he was a developmental project in his own right. Not Maybe not Anthony Richardson developmental, but he still had, like, a little bit of room to grow. But then right away, and Destin Adams called it, right away he got picked up by the Chiefs. I know that there was a lot of like processes where other teams had to go through, you know, passing on him. But he went to a team that could potentially develop him. What happens if he turns into the player that the Colts got him to be with the Kansas City Chiefs? So it just sucks that he went to an AFC competitor. Yeah, yeah, it does. And stats, Matt, I know Marcel Dabo is still around. We're not to the practice squad yet, buddy. You need to just kind of slow your roll on that one. We'll get there eventually. But yeah, uh, Marcel, or not Marcel Dabo, Darius Rush did surprise me a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, he, I thought the Colts would would try to hang on to him at least. Um, but at the same time, when you look at what had transpired throughout the summer and, and throughout the preseason, 
when you look at the cornerbacks that are on the roster right now, Darius Rush just simply it, it ended up being a numbers game. It, it really did because you you got your three starters in Kenny Moore, Daryl Baker Jr., and Dallas Flowers. Juju Brents was probably the fourth best cornerback uh, of the group so far. And then simply put, Jalen Jones outplayed Darius Rush. He outplayed him uh, on defense. We saw it, and, and Drake and I, we even talked about this, where we saw Jalen Jones getting snaps with the second team and Darius Rush with the third team. Jalen Jones had passed Darius Rush on the depth chart. And then looking at that final cornerback spot with Tony Brown, Tony Brown's one of your starters at Gunner. Uh, on special teams so and has been for a long time not only that he also adds depth at that nickel corner position he's the backup to kenny moore so all of those things considered and and really you can't when you're constructing a roster it's hard to keep seven cornerbacks on the roster at once so it ended up just being a numbers game for darius rush and and wish him all the best i hope he goes to kansas city and succeeds but at the end of the day when he had his time with the colts he just simply didn't perform better than than those five other guys. Yeah, and I think that myself included, people people were like really wanting that to work out. They wanted it to be just an absolutely perfect, you know, match made in heaven. But kind of like you pointed out, I mean, Jalen Jones, good lord, man, he is not playing like a seventh rounder at all. No. He's playing like a guy who is going to see playing time, and all he's done is show out, and all he's done is kind of translate that lockdown, smother you corner cover or like coverage style right to the NFL so far. So props to Jalen Jones. But like you said, every one of us wishes that Darius Rush, you know, goes out there and finds a team that, that, you know, he can play for and he can make a name for himself on. Yep. Jalen Jones is making a name for himself and, and he's coming quickly. He's looked really, really good. Excited to see what he can continue to do. Uh, let's talk about some others that were released. So the difference between waived and released guys that are in the league for, I think it's, under three years get waived or three years and under get waived uh guys that are have been in the league for longer than three years get released um so here are the guys that were released and i know some of them are, have come back we'll we'll kind of talk about that in a bit isaiah mckenzie was released for like two hours for for different roster management he he was re-signed so don't worry isaiah mckenzie is still on the colts roster other wide receivers that were released, Prashad Perriman, Vincent Smith, James Washington, Jawan Winfrey. I thought Jawan Winfrey had a chance to make the roster, um, but but he ends up going to the practice squad. Pharaoh Brown, Dan Skipper, Aquadine Muhammad, and Rodney Harrison were the players that were released. So any surprises there? I, I know I touched on Jawan Winfrey, but what were some of the others that surprised you, Drake? Well, obviously Winfrey was one, but like you said, he went to the, the practice squad and we'll address that later. But Ronnie Harrison, he had some veteran appeal. He had started plenty of games when he got at it. I was like, oh, there's no way that he's not going to be on that 53 man roster. So the Colts, it just shows that what what people think and what's going on within the Colts organization or any NFL organization totally different ways of thinking like all of us were thinking Darius Rush shoe in to make the make the team but as you just laid it out it makes perfect sense how he didn't you know so mm -hmm. um it, it makes sense why they were moved and it kind of makes sense but Ronnie Harrison definitely sticks out just because I still think that he's got some some decent snaps left in him for the rest of his career right 
Right. And, and I agree. He, he would provide good depth at safety. And that's why we'll get to him again here. Let's move on to IR as Patrick is just being an absolute menace in the chat, like always. Uh, but let's move to the guys that, that were placed on injured reserve here. Uh, Jelani Woods, t- uh, tight end. He's been dealing with that hamstring injury for much of camp. He was placed on short term injured reserve. So he did make the initial 53 man roster but the Colts placed him on IR, meaning that he does have to miss uh, the first four games as well, but can be activated after that, can practice after the first couple. And, and the Colts don't think he's that far away, but again, they don't want to to rush things. And, and a hamstring injury, Drake, it's just one of those things where it can continue to keep coming up if you don't let it heal and, and it just won't get any better and would end up plaguing Jelani Woods all season long. Yeah, and he's their starting tight end, so I can understand why they're being precautious. And, you know, they want him to be able to work with Anthony Richardson. So I think it's the right move. Let him heal up. Let him show back up for week five and, you know, kind of leave kind of leave off in, in an upward trajectory, kind of like he did last season. Exactly. Now, these guys the, the I'm going to be mentioning here were all placed on season-ending injured reserve. Tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, Danny Pinter, who broke his ankle in that final preseason game against the Eagles. Really tough break for him. Titus Leo, the rookie, he was also placed on, on season-ending IR, as well as linebacker Jojo Doman. So, Drake, I think we're both on the same page here as far as the surprise of that group. And it's a guy that really I thought had a chance to be the backup Leo and make the roster, and that's Titus Leo. Yeah, that's the biggest surprise is you didn't really – it kind of almost came out of nowhere. But the one that sucks the, that sucks is Jojo Domon because it's like he had been struggling with some injuries here and there going back to college too. So it's like that one just really hurts to see. But, hey, you know what? Uh, you just hope that, again, like we say with all these, you just hope they can start that recovery process sooner rather than later and get back to square one. And Patrick asked, did we ever hear what happened with Titus Leo? Uh, we have not. So Shane Steichen. Undisclosed, isn't it? Yes. Shane Steichen and Chris Bauer both have not said uh, why Titus Leo was placed on injured reserve. Um, but definitely, definitely sucks for a player that, that I thought had a pretty good preseason. We obviously all know about Jonathan Taylor being placed on the physically unable to perform list. And then one last move of players that don't count against the 53-man roster, Chris Layman's is suspended for the first three games of the season for his role in a fight that happened uh, that had to deal with Alvin Kamara this offseason. So after week three, then the Colts will make a decision for Chris Layman's. And if I'm being honest, that'll probably just be letting Chris Layman's go. He probably will not be making the team, um, but they might, they might see if they revert him to the practice squad or see if another, if a cornerback gets injured before that time. Yeah. And the thing is, we, we, we kind of started saying that as soon as training camp started and you saw him getting burned by, you know, rookie Josh Downs. So mm-hmm. uh, Chris Layman's, you know, he was brought in more as a depth piece. Maybe he'll be a diamond in the rough, but after this whole suspension thing and after everything that's happened with the cornerback room and even Darius rush getting, uh, you know, let go, it kind of makes sense what you just said that once that suspension's up, he's probably just going to go right back out to free agency. Right. So those were the roster cuts. Let's go to the roster edition. So the Colts did use that number four waiver priority uh, to claim 
three different players uh, off waivers. Offensive tackle Ryan Hayes from the Miami Dolphins. He was a seventh-round pick of the Dolphins this year. Uh, guard Josh Sills of the Eagles has some familiarity with uh, Shane Steichen. And then this was the one that I think a lot of people are excited about. Uh, pass rusher Isaiah Land, who uh, was an undrafted free agent, uh, signed with the Cowboys and, and had a really good preseason, really showed some flashes. Colts were able to get him and bring him in. So I would expect Isaiah Land to be the backup Leo to Samson Abukam this year. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, Chris Ballard loves his pass rushers. He loves having depth. He loves being able to rotate them in and out. Um, I am excited about the Sill signing. And hey, the Hayes signing from the Dolphins, that's good to see because with everything that went on with, you know, guys like Dan Skipper, I know he got shifted over to practice squad and, and Blake Freeland. It's good to see them valuing depth at tackle because if anything happens with left or right, you want to have at least a halfway competent piece to protect Richardson and also get the run game going. Yeah, Hayes is an athletic tackle, just needs to really work on his play strength. And then being in an NFL pro, uh, strength and conditioning program will help. So allowing he's kind of like the same the same mold as Blake Freeland. Big dude, athletic, just needs to work on his play strength so those guys can develop together uh, and, and provide some depth for the Colts on the offensive line. Uh, the Colts did sign another defensive end in Jake Martin, who was with the Texans. Uh and just add, right, like you said, Drake continuing to add pieces and and depth to that defensive line. The Colts always want to keep eight or nine guys to consistently rotate there. And and Jake Martin has definitely shown some flashes uh, at, as the as as a good pass rusher as well. He's been a Seahawk. He's been a Texan. He's been a Bronco. He's familiar with the division. He's got 16 career sacks. I'm not saying he's out there breaking games, but I mean, he can be a good depth piece and he can be a good rotational piece. So, you know, maybe he makes some waves. Maybe that actually turns out to be a better signing than some people might see for face value. Exactly. So that'll, that'll be interesting to watch. I'm, I'm excited to watch how, how he can find a role on, on this defensive line and, and you can never have enough pass rushers in today's NFL. So finally, let's go to the practice squad here, Drake. A lot of the guys that I mentioned previously, I'm going to mention again here on the practice squad, and then we can kind of dive into some of the roster mechanics. I know people want to talk about the wide receivers and the tight ends, so we'll definitely get to that. So on the practice squad, Jake Funk and Jason Huntley, both running backs. Uh, the Colts have now five wide receivers on the practice to squad DJ Montgomery, Amari Rogers, Mike Strawn, Jawan Winfrey, and Racy McMath. They added another tight end, Johnny Lumpkin. Uh, you mentioned Dan Skipper, the offensive tackle on the uh, practice squad. Al-Qadim Muhammad, we all know him very well. He's on the practice squad along with Caleb Sampson. Liam Anderson there as well. Cornerbacks, Isaiah Taylor, or Isaac Taylor Stewart, excuse me, and Darren Hall. And then your boy, Marcel Dabo. Rodney Harrison, who you mentioned, Drake, and finally Henry Black. So three safeties there on the practice squad. So the, the practice squad it was a lot of guys that the Colts already had in the building. So good to see, good to see that they were bringing back some of those. But currently, right now on the Colts roster, on the Colts active roster, I should say, still only four wide receivers, and with uh uh Jelani Woods going to short-term injured reserve. Colts have four tight ends on the roster in Kylan Granson, Mo Alley-Cox, Drew Ogletree, and Will Mallory. So 
obviously a lot of fans want to get more wide receivers added there. We'll see if that happens, but the way they have stacked this practice squad with, with four other five other wide receivers, I, I'm not sure if, if, uh, if a move is going to be made Drake. Yeah. And you could bring any one of those guys up at any time, you know, mm-hmm. if you make the room for them on the active roster and most of the practice squad guys, you just named on all fairness are wide receivers and Mike Strawn has has the he's got the vertical and athletic ability. Juwan Winfrey had a good preseason. I think that um, Amari Rogers has a lot of skills as a kick and punt returner, and DJ Montgomery had flashes. And I mean, uh, Racy McMath actually comes from the Tennessee Titans, so like maybe he hasn't he he only has like four career catches, so maybe he has something else to show. The Colts clearly think that they've got it the depth right there in the practice squad and they can make it happen a lot easier bringing one of those guys up than it would be to bring somebody off a free agency. Right. And I wanted to touch on this as well. Stack Smack kind of brings up my point with how many move tight ends the Colts have. They will be the wide receiver five. And I kind of talked about this on, on Twitter yesterday or X, whatever you want to call it, that when you think about the Colts tight end group, a lot of those guys I mean, yes, they, they are const- constituted as tight ends, but a lot of those guys have receiving backgrounds. Kylan Granson was a wide receiver before moving to tight end, and he's a move tight end. You really don't put Kylan Granson in there to block. He he can block, but it's not his strong suit. He's a receiving tight end. Same with Will Mallory, a guy that stretches the field, has that speed. He's a receiving tight end. Drew Ogletree is a bigger guy, six foot five and 250 pounds, 240, 50 pounds big dude, big tight end, but Drew Ogletree played wide receiver in college. So when you have three guys that are basically big wide receivers for you, and we saw in the preseason, we saw Kylan Granson out running routes, Will Mallory, Drew Ogletree, all three of those guys, Shane Steichen kind of moving them around the, the, the offense there. Then once you get Jelani Woods back to be your more conventional tight end where he's in line but you can also move him into the slot jelani woods can kind of do it all then you can move more of those tight ends around to be one of those wide receivers so when you have such a a talented tight end group that the colts have right now which i think is is now rivaling their their deepest spot on the team you're you're going to use that and and i'm i'm glad will mallory did end up making the team i had him cut in my roster prediction just because of numbers but Will Mallory deserved to have a roster spot on this team. He he went out and balled this preseason. Yeah, and he also runs a 4.54 40-yard dash. There are receivers, wide receivers, that are designated as such that run similar speeds like that. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Pittman Jr. is one that sticks <laughs> out. And this guy runs as or maybe a little faster than Michael Pittman Jr., and he's bigger. So it's like that makes perfect. That's the guy that stands out to me even more than Kylan Granson, just because he's been working so well with Richardson at tight end. They might keep him there and just shift Mallory to maybe more of an outside role or throw him in the slot and make him a matchup nightmare for defenses. Yeah, so I I think that's why the Colts aren't going too heavy looking for the wide receivers. They feel like they have a good amount on the practice squad that they can pull from and and expect Shane Steichen to use a lot of those move tight ends in to to create mismatches there uh, and allow Anthony Richardson to kind of use those guys in the passing game. So, Drake, we kind of were talking down a little bit with all the Jonathan Taylor news. Let's end on a high note. The Colts announced their team captains today. So we want to talk about this real quick before we before we head out here tonight and and remember 
these these captains are voted on by the players. It's not Shane Steichen, it's not Chris Ballard, Ursay. It's the players that vote and choose these captains. So the Colts uh, players voted seven captains this year. Going to start out with uh, a couple guys that have been captains for a long time in DeForest Buckner and Shaq Leonard. Both those guys are the heartbeat and of this defense and and really the leaders of this locker room. Sire Franklin as well started as a special teams captain came up and now he's one of the best defenders on the Colts going moving to the offensive side Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly both guys on the offensive line Quentin's been a a, a captain before this is Ryan Kelly's first year uh Kenny Moore a captain for his second year in a row but Drake the guy that also is having his first year as a captain it's his first year in the NFL. The Colts players elected Anthony Richardson as a captain in his rookie season. How about that? Isn't that fantastic? I mean, they even interviewed Mo Ali Cox, and he said, I think what the rest of the veterans are thinking is, quote, he's our leader. We're going to follow him. And that means that they have the utmost belief and trust in this guy if they're going to make him the captain, because that pretty much means he's going to be making the decisions on the field for the offense, maybe outside of the center who does it for the offensive line. I mean, Anthony Richardson's going to be a rookie in command of that offense on the field. Yeah, it just says a lot about what this team thinks about uh, uh, about Anthony Richardson, what he brings to this team, not only as as a player, but but as a person and a leader within this locker room. And remember, guys, only 21 years old, leading a team full of grown ass men. Stats, Matt asks, are we surprised <laughs> Michael Pittman isn't one? Um Honestly, I'm not I'm not too surprised. I mean, Pittman is the leader of that wide receiver room for sure. But when you look at these guys, I mean, which one are you going to take off? <laughs> because there's really, really none of these guys I would replace uh, Pittman, re- replace with Pittman. So Pittman, I think, is a leader. I think he's he'd be close to being selected as a captain. But out of all these guys that are on there, um, I can't really find one that I would replace with Michael Pittman Jr. No slight to Pitt, because I, you know, I love Pitt, but it, it's just it's hard when you have so many leaders on the roster like the Colts do. So I think they made some good picks, Drake, and uh, excited to see what these guys can do this season. We're we're almost there. Football, the regular season football, especially for the Colts, is now less than two weeks away. Yeah, and hey, you know what? Get excited because your rookie quarterback that was the number four pick that all this offseason was centered around outside of Jonathan Taylor, of course, now gets to be your offensive team captain. So rejoice. Rejoice. And that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody for tuning in and, and talking Colts football with us once again on this Saturday or Saturday on this Thursday evening. You heard I, Jeff Saturday. We, I, we did heard Jeff Saturday, but hey, I, I think I'm looking forward to Saturday. Looking forward to the weekend here. Uh wanted to give a shout out to our super chats tonight. Danielle Moore, my beautiful wife, Patrick, the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Logan Schmidt, and Truitt. All of you guys. Thank you all so much for all of your support. We really do appreciate it. And guys, please, if you haven't done so already, Patrick is going to give us another super chat. One last note, please help me tag Zach Hicks in every piece of kicker news that (laughs) drops on X. So you, you definitely, you definitely want to, to do that. Please Um, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great joke. And, and stats Matt's birthday is this weekend. So everybody wish stats Matt a happy birthday. Um, he, he is such a big supporter of the show. I've known stats Matt for years now. Great dude. So 
Enjoy, buddy. Hope you have a great weekend. And if you haven't done so, please follow us on all of our socials. Go like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on Twitter and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you never miss an episode because we're going to be here all season long. If you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. Drake, you have been grinding, as we all have been on HorseshoeHuddle.com, cranking out news. It's been such a busy week. What can the people go check out on the site that you've written? I'll uh, I'll keep it brief. A bunch of breaking news pieces, uh, just a whole handful of them. But the one that I did that was original was four reasons why Jonathan Taylor staying as a Colt could bring negativity to the franchise. Yes, definitely go check that out. It was a really good piece. And I dropped a piece this morning on all of Chris Ballard's comments surrounding Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Did a really deep dive into the relationship that has kind of divulged all the way going back to November. And and just talking about where where the Colts uh, at Jonathan Taylor, Chris Ballard, where this whole thing goes from here. So make sure you go check that out and all the fantastic stories on HorseshoeHuddle.com. You can follow Drake at DWallsterDrake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back on Wednesday for Horseshoe Huddle Halftime. We're taking a break on Monday. Everyone enjoy the holiday weekend. Drake and I are taking uh, just a one-episode break before the grind of the regular season starts, but we're going to be back here live Thursday night to do our first preview episode of the season. Colts-Jags is going to be a blast so drake and i are going to break down the whole game and get you set for week one in the nfl so for drake i'm andrew everyone enjoy your labor day weekend we'll be seeing you